the KDLM Sports Wrap. White Sox fans, just just stop. Always bringing up the fact that the Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. What White Sox fans failed to mention is that their team has only made the playoffs seven times since the Eisenhower administration. Weekdays at 9.30 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Happy Friday, everybody! If you're into bone-chillingly cold Fridays, I guess this is the sports wrap. A lot going on. We're going to preview uh, what's coming up this weekend for Lakers sports. I think everybody's in action tonight. Again, I don't think swim and dive is in action. I don't think Nordic ski is in action. But I think everybody else is playing tonight or at, at some point. This weekend, we'll talk about the return of state tournaments confirmed yesterday by the MSHSL. We have dates and most of the locations on where things are going to happen. The Twins bolster their bullpen yet again yesterday, and uh, the Wild weren't playing. The Wolves weren't playing, so somebody else had to blow a lead late in the game last night. And uh, can't believe it was these guys who haven't uh, won a game on the road all season long. Let's rewind the last 24 hours of sports. Rewind time. Also worth mentioning, we'll be joined in the second half of the sports wrap by Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. We're going to recap Timberwolves basketball. Uh, Wolves back in action tonight in OKC. As they're, they're scrambling right now, and I haven't seen a more dejected post-game press conference than I did after the Wolves blew a 16-point fourth-quarter lead in San Antonio on Wednesday night. We'll talk to Jace Frederick about Wolves basketball coming up in the second half of the wrap. But first, some some good news, something that we really haven't gotten here on the sports wrap very much these last handful of days. The MSHSL Board of Directors has approved plans for winter sports state tournaments. Haven't had, I don't think we've had a complete winter state tournament or just a, a state tournament in general since state wrestling a year ago. COVID-19 hit. The girls' state tournament for basketball stopped in its tracks. The boys' state tournament never got going. Of course, everything after that, all the spring sports got canceled entirely. We had the fall sports season, but just up through section tournaments. But now state is going to be back. Here are some important dates to know for state high school sports in the state of Minnesota. It's going to start with, it looks like, state dance. It's going to be March 12th and 13th at Edina High School. State Alpine Ski going to be March 10th at Giants Ridge in Bawabek. That'll be followed by State Nordic Ski on March 12th, also at Giants Ridge. State Boys Swim and Dive Competition will be March 18th through the 20th at the University of Minnesota Aquatic Center. State Girls Hockey Quarterfinals will be played March 26th and 27th, followed by the Boys Quarterfinals on March 30th and 31st. Boys and Girls Semis will be played uh, April 1st and 2nd, and the finals will be held on April 3rd with all those games being played at the XL Energy Center. Boys and Girls Basketball State Tournaments will begin with the quarterfinals March 30th and 31st, Semifinals April 6th through the 8th, and then the championship games April 9th and 10th, which I kind of like because usually the the 
boys section tournaments at the same time as March Madness State kind of overlaps March Madness. And I don't think it gets the same attention that it, it, it should. And so moving these games into April after the NCAA men's basketball tournament, I'm, I'm digging on that. State gymnastics going to be March 26th and 27th at Champlain Park High School this year. And state wrestling will be March 25th, 26th, and 27th at high schools yet to be determined. Which means they're not going to be at the X, which means probably the Wild are going to be at the X. Because they're going to try and, and, and squeeze in as many games as they can now. Two, especially March 25th, 26th, 27th. That's like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, isn't it? March 26th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so my guess is there's going to be some some wild conflicts there, which which moving around local to some local high schools. Makes sense to me. We do have uh, an article on this posted online at kdlmradio.com if you want to check out the dates again. But as of right now, as long as everyone does their part, stays safe, and doesn't do anything stupid... Look like we're going to have state winter sports tournaments this year. Two. Minnesota Twins making another move yesterday. And we talked to Brandon Warren two weeks ago. Or no, last week we talked to Brandon Warren after the Andrelton Simmons signing. And he predicted <laughs> this guy needs to go to Vegas. Because here's what Brandon said the Twins were going to do before the offseason was over. He said... They are going to re-sign Nelson Cruz, which happened. He said they're going to sign a closer, which happened. He said they're going to trade for a reliever, which happened yesterday. He said they're going to trade for one more starter. So we'll see if Brandon Warren from AccessTwins.com can go four for four. The Twins sending outfielder Lamont, Lamont Wade Jr. If you needed a walk, Lamont Wade Jr. was good for it. He's been traded to the San Francisco Giants in exchange for reliever Sean Anderson. He's a 26-year-old right-hander with a third-round selection by the Boston Red Sox in 2016. Had a 3.52 ERA in 18 appearances with the Giants last season. Small sample size, but this guy has a unbelievable slider. And he throws it like 55% of the time. 39.7% whiff rate on that pitch. That's my favorite stat. In the history of stats, <laughs> whiff rate, how much? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that it was a thing until this morning. The addition of Anderson, he's going to replace Matt Whistler, who I believe signed with the Seattle Mariners. I don't remember, remember who signed Matt Whistler. He's going to take that spot. Uh, bringing Anderson into the fold, uh, I, I, I think is great. You can't have too many bullpen guys, especially with guys that you have either released, like like Whistler, like Sergio Romo, or guys that left in free agency, like Trevor May, signing that huge contract with the New York Mets. So with Lamont Wade Jr. gone, uh, we know how this is going to affect the bullpen with Sean Anderson stepping in. How is this going to affect the outfield? Well, there, it was a pretty crowded outfield at this time last year, but now Eddie Rosario officially announced by the Cleveland Indians yesterday, one-year, $8 million deal. You've got Lamont Wade Jr. now in the National League in San Francisco, and so now you're looking at that left field spot. You know Buxton's going to be in center, we hope, if he stays healthy. We know that Max Kepler going to be in right. You know, you got three guys that are going to compete for the starting left fielder job, the the rotational guy, and, and maybe even a spot on this roster to start the season. That would be Jake Cave, 
Brent Rooker and top prospect Alex Kirloff all going to battle for that left field spot during spring training, which opens for Twins, by the way, on February 18th. Three. Couple Lakers scores to get to from last night. Dance team in action last night with the varsity taking first place in jazz and third place in kick. Back dancing tomorrow morning right away in Recory at 9 o'clock. I believe Laker wrestling was on KDLM last night. Two matches, two more wins to get the Laker wrestling team to 11 and two on the season. They beat OTC 58 to 13 and then beat Frazee 43 to 18. Charlie Nolan had a chance to talk to head coach Rob Elliott after the matches last night. Kind of a fun night where we got to actually put the mat, the mat lights on and turn the lights off. And it felt kind of, uh, kind of like some kind of normal there almost (laughs) again, you know? So, so yeah, it was busy. It was. Uh, I think we were right at the very edge of capacity as far as what we can have in the gym at this time of year. So it was a nice crowd and things, and uh, and a spirited crowd at that. Uh, anytime you bring the the Lakers and the Hornets together, and of course you know OTC here as well. So yeah, it was a fun night of wrestling. Yeah, and there's just that different feeling. I mean, when you have the lights dimmed, and then you also have Frazee. I mean, it's just it's a there's a different feeling, right? Can you feel that on the sideline too with the kids? Like it means oh, yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, it's funny. There's they get a little twinkle in their eye when you start talking about DL versus Frazee, and and I'm sure that their kids are the same way. You know, we're just a, we're only ten miles apart or so, and uh, we've got a we've always had this little rivalry going for a while, and and uh, we were fortunate tonight to come out on top of them. They got a really nice uh, team over there that Travis is is working on and such. Uh, you know, so uh, we were pretty fortunate to, to win a lot of a lot of really of the close toss-up matches tonight. All right, so uh, right back at it tomorrow. Uh, you yep. travel to DGF tomorrow. Yeah, Argo Davies and DGF. Yeah, we get Davies and DGF tomorrow, so uh, we're we're right back at it. Guys, got to get some sleep tonight and things. So uh, we'll have our hands full there. Fargo Davies. Uh, we wrestled them earlier in the year. Uh, came out on top of that one, but they got it. You know, they just got a different lineup now. Weights are different and things. So uh, I guess we'll get a chance to see where we're at. Uh, uh, later in the year, have we improved or where are we at with that? And this will be our first look at section uh, opponent DGF. And they've always got some real physical kids, uh, especially in those upper weights. So I'm um, sure it'll be another night where we're going to have to be on our game if we're going to be in those duels. All right, we'll let you enjoy it with your team. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Coach. Yep, you bet. Thank you. All right, Head Coach Rob Elliott joining us here is Team Victorious 43-18 to over the uh, Hornets and also getting the win against OTC by a final of 58-13. to 13. Two more wins for Laker Wrestling last night. Back at it, like Charlie said, tonight, Wrestling Fargo-Davies and DGF matches begin at 5 o'clock on KDLM tonight. All right, we got the good stuff out of the way. We talked about the return of state high school sports tournaments coming up uh, next month. We talked about the Twins trading for a, a reliever with a nasty slider. We talked about two more wins for Laker wrestling and a win for, for for Detroit Lakes dance last night. Let's get to the bad stuff now. huh? Another basketball team from Minnesota blowing a fourth quarter lead last or, or second half lead, I guess you can you can call it. And that would be the goal for men's basketball team. They had a chance to win their first game on the road last night, leading by four points with just over two minutes to play. And they can't hold off the Rutgers Scarlet Knights losing 76-72, falling to 0-6 on the road. Now tied for ninth in the Big Ten. They're 11-7 overall, 4-7 in the Big Ten. You look at this Gopher team, they have beaten Michigan. They've beaten Ohio State. They've beaten Iowa. Those are three of the top five teams in the Big Ten. And they're tied for ninth 
place in the Big Ten. Gophers host Nebraska on Monday. Sticking out the sports wrap, we're talking to Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press on TwinTeens.com. A little bit more depressing stuff. We're going to talk Timberwolves basketball with Jace, who covers the team for the Pioneer Press. That's coming up next on KDLM. Westwood One presents memorable moments in NFL postseason history. Sponsored by Merrill Edge Self-Directed. Super Bowl 51 featured the Patriots and the Falcons. Atlanta built a 28-3 lead midway through the third quarter. But the Patriots kept chipping away. And when James White scored with under a minute to go, the Super Bowl was tied at 28 and headed to overtime for the first time ever. New England won the coin toss and took less than four minutes to complete the comeback. Brady gets the snap, pitches out White, gets a block, cuts inside, he digs, he turns, he dives, it is a touchdown! New England wins! The Patriots have won Super Bowl 51 in the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history! Giving Tom Brady and Bill Belichick their NFL record fifth of six Super Bowl titles together. With another memorable moment in NFL postseason history, I'm Scott Graham, Westwood One Sports. Jim Rome here. When you call a Dell Technologies advisor, you are talking to somebody who is not waiting for their turn to speak. No, they actually want to hear what you have to say. They're focused on you, ready to give advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and offer tailored solutions powered by Intel vPro platform to keep your small business ready for what's next. Our advisors listen so you know your small business needs have been heard. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing they wait for a ship unlike any other mercy ships a floating hospital staffed by volunteers heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race if you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed then it would make it all worth it to learn more about heroes of mercy go to mercyships.org Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, happy Friday. The Minnesota Timberwolves are back in action this Friday evening. Their road trip rolls into OKC, set for two straight matchups with the Thunder, both tonight and then Saturday night as well. Minnesota, of course, trying to bounce back after that heartbreaker of a loss in San Antonio on Wednesday. Wolves led by as many as 16 early in the final frame, only to see the Spurs rip off a 20-2 run to take the lead and an overall 30-11 rally to close the game. Here's guard Ricky Rubio on a team that has youth, both on the roster and in the coaching staff searching for answers in that fourth quarter. Uh, young coaching staff and young team with the players and you just got to get all together and be on the same page. And when things going wrong is when we see the true colors of everybody and, and we just don't know exactly how to lay down the stretch. Our coverage tonight from OKC comes your way at 6.30 on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The second-ranked Gopher men's hockey team entertains 11th-ranked Wisconsin tonight and tomorrow at 3M Arena at Mariucci. And the number 2 Gopher women's team entertains top-ranked Wisconsin tonight and tomorrow next door at Ritter Arena. We'll have a preview next. We know we're asking a lot. 
So how dare we healthcare professionals ask you not to visit family these holidays? We dare because every day we hold the hands of dying COVID patients who can't be visited by their families. Not even to say goodbye. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Do your part. An urgent plea from Fight COVID MN, a partnership of Minnesota Healthcare. Gopher men's hockey coach Bob Motzko says this is a big weekend, and while he wishes fans could watch the games in person, the players are as intense as ever. If this were a normal year, they would be coming out the rafters this week, as we all know. And unfortunately, that's we're not going to see that. Two, I've been so impressed throughout our our conference how hard our players in our conference, and I'm sure the other coaches around the country are going to tell you the same thing, the intensity that these kids show up to play with, with no fans has been outstanding. And so I don't think that's going to, that's not going to change. I mean, we, they, their instincts have taken over. They're playing hard right now. I don't think there's anything off. Gopher women's coach Brad Frost says his team has to play focused hockey. Both teams are have the ability that if you have a lapse one way or another, it, it can end up in the back of your net. That's always a great challenge, right? When good teams playing against each other is, uh, you know, it could be a post here or there. It could be, you know, a missed opportunity or or who knows what uh, at the end. For more info on Gopher Hockey, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap at a freezing Friday here in the Lakes area. Full weather forecast coming up in a bit here. We're joined on the phone by Jace Frederick from TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press. Morning, Jace. You guys staying warm down in the Twin Cities? I don't think anybody's staying warm right now. It's like <laughs> it's an impossible task. Kind of a dumb question right there, I guess. Yeah, it's, 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 it's cold everywhere. I, I read on Monday that the... Uh, the average temperature for all 50 states is going to be well below average. So it's not just us. At least Texas and Florida and Hawaii are feeling this polar vortex, too, I I guess. I, I don't know if I can feel bad for them, because what does you that can't. mean for Texas and Florida <laughs> right now? Is it, like, is it like 45 degrees in Florida? Yeah, I mean, pansies. That's what sounds, it means. Sounds like a wonderland. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I'd I, I take 45 right now. 45 above, not 45 below, where we're expected right. to, be, right. to be this weekend. Right. Let's talk some Wolves basketball. You cover this basketball team for the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Can't be an easy job right now, especially after what the Wolves gave you to work with for your column on Wednesday night. Dropping uh, another game in which they led by, what, 16 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Take us through uh, that San Antonio game on Wednesday night. Yeah, 16 points uh, with like 10 minutes to go. Um, and then the, the for just over three quarters, the defensively, um, moving the ball, getting good shots offensively. For the first time in a while, playing good basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, it's going to be their second win in three games. Um, Carl Anthony Towns' return is probably on the precipice. He's, he's back traveling with the team again, which is a good sign. And, you know, you'd have to think within this next week, there's a decent chance he returns. It's like, all right, they're getting some momentum coming in the positive direction here. Um, get a win here. Who knows what you do in these two games against Oklahoma City this weekend. But then the wheels just fell off. Um, DeMar DeRozan caught fire for San Antonio, and Minnesota's offense just went stagnant, as it has so many times um, in late games this season. The ball started to stick, um, stopped moving. Malik Beasley was their best player all game, and then 
they couldn't find any touches for him. Anthony Edwards couldn't find any touches. Uh, the execution was bad. It just ended up just being D'Angelo Russell with 10 seconds left, having to run a pick and roll um, and, and kind of force up a bad shot again and again and again. And they couldn't get any stops on the defensive end. And that's how you turn a 16-point lead into a two-point deficit um, like seven minutes later. Um, and they've done that a few different times this season. But it's a crusher. It's a crusher for a team that has won five games all year. Um, the ones where you have an opportunity to win, then you have to come through. And they have not shown an ability to do that. Um, I don't know. It, it's each each time they do this, you're like, well, there's a new low for the season. Uh, but you know, now now it's kind of hard to to separate. You know, like was that the low point of the season? Maybe this was. I'm not sure. You know, um, that's kind of the year it's been. Yeah, there's been three uh, double digit leads blown in the fourth quarters this year. First Memphis, and then Orlando on the buzzer beater, and now San Antonio. When these things happen consistently like that, uh, we tend to notice some patterns. Have you noticed any common threads between the Memphis loss? the Orlando loss and the San Antonio loss on Wednesday night? Yeah, I think a big part of it is now certainly they don't get stops defensively when they need to. Um, looked it up, clutch time, um, games that are within five points with uh, five minutes to play in the fourth quarter. They give up their opponents shoot 54% from the field. Um, and that's second worst in the NBA. So they're giving up buckets way too consistently when the game's on the line. Uh, but offensively, things just stick so much. They just they they don't have any flow, no movement, no rhythm. It really has just kind of become uh, you know putting ball in D'Angelo Russell's hands and running pick and roll without much movement around it. Uh, they don't generate any good looks, um, and 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 then that's kind of when you know when things get stagnant, um, people stop moving, you stop scoring. And that's been such a problem for this team. They weren't supposed to be this great defensive team this year. They were supposed to be a great offensive team. And they've shown little glimpses of that, but it's been a big disappointment. And that's been especially true in the fourth quarter. And when they don't score, they're going to lose. Yeah, we were talking about the the shot selection by Russell and, and the pick and roll, just just abysmal shot selection in San Antonio. You mentioned Anthony Edwards. Uh, everything Malik Beasley was throwing at the in the rim was going in. He had twenty point twenty nine points last night or Wednesday night rather. Uh, why aren't the Wolves drying up more plays late in games to get the ball in 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 Edwards or Beasley's hands? Is that uh, the the defense not giving them the plays they want, or is that just you know nonchalant basketball by by Russell to take that shot? Yeah, there are sometimes where you see plays and it looks like they have, you know, like Beasley coming through elevator doors, things like that. Um, they don't call a ton of plays. It's generally what they do. They believe in, like, having offensive concepts, not play calls. Um, and if these concepts are executed correctly, it gets guys different looks that they like, that they want. Um, but, you know, that just relies on really strong execution, which then defenses can kind of start to take things away from you. And if you have young players in late-game situations, the execution isn't going to be as good. Um, I certainly think Ryan Saunders could and should call more plays um, late in games. But when they do, uh, even when you can see, like, like on Wednesday night, there were clearly some plays run, there were sets run where you go back and watch it, and the screens are so bad, the movement is all so nonchalant that nothing – nothing turns into anything um you know it's it's almost like it's it's like they're walking through the play calls um at that point it becomes really easy to defend so nothing and nobody ends up getting open out of the ordeal d'angelo russell's left holding the ball and even on his pick and roll there are certainly plays where he could kick and guys are open and he's kind of forcing up bad shots but i do think that ryan Saunders could call better plays uh more plays um especially in the last five minutes especially when it's so obvious that the offense is struggling um 
but then Minnesota has to run them harder, execute better um, to get guys like Malik Beasley shots. But what I would do, I think, like Anthony Edwards has been one of the best isolation players in the NBA this year, but mm-hmm. it's been on limited attempts. Sometimes I think you might just have to trust the rookie, give him the ball, not run pick and rolls where, you know, he has to make decisions that really kind of complicates things for him, but spread it out, go four wide, you know, put Russell Beasley, Nas Reed, pick whoever you want to be your fourth shooter because they don't really have a great option. <laughs> and then just space the floor and, and let Edwards go at his guy one-on-one because if anything, he's proven he can't really be, he can't be denied from the rim um, in a one-on-one battle and just let him drive and kick. It's a lot better, I think, than what they've been getting recently offensively with the Russell pick and rolls. Talking to Jace Frederick of TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press. Uh, not a fun conversation to have here. Let's talk job security. Uh, usually when, when things like this happen consistently, uh, somebody ends up losing their job. Are, are they committed to Ryan Saunders for the long, the, the long haul, or is it possible we see a coaching change midseason here? Yeah, I think what helps Saunders, what probably helps Rosas is usually like Fan pressure um, is, is really something that drives change, um, especially early in regimes. But there isn't any right now. Like, look, right. there's nobody at Target Center booing games. Uh, a lot of people can't get Fox Sports North because of it's just not available widely through a lot of different carriers right now. So the viewership's going to be low regardless. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to, like, I mean, you know, Glenn Taylor's not going on Twitter and seeing all the angry fans. He knows that he's upset as well. He, you know, he wants this team to win. He has forever. It hasn't done so. It's disappointed him a lot of years, and a lot of people will blame Glenn for that. But he, he certainly wants this team to succeed. He puts a lot of money into it. But he sees it from the perspective of, hey, we haven't had Carl Anthony Towns. We haven't had our whole team. It's kind of hard to judge Ryan Saunders on that. It's kind of hard to judge Gerson Rosas. That said, he's not happy with either performance uh, mm-hmm. with his president of basketball operations or his head coach. But I don't see him doing anything uh, until Towns is back. He gets a look at the full roster and it's like, how do we perform now? Um, certainly a lot of disappointment, but I just don't think that he's, he has basically said, you know, it's, it just seems unfair to fire somebody for coaching a team that probably isn't going to succeed at a high level, no matter what, when Towns isn't on the floor. Yeah, let's talk about what happened to this team because two months ago, expectations high. You're, you you got Cat and D'Lo together for a full season, which really hasn't happened that much. You had all the buzz of Ricky Rubio getting traded back to this team on draft night. Uh, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez retained. You had the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards. Jared Culver had reportedly made huge strides during the offseason. Uh, what's gone wrong with this team to to sit at 5-16? and 16? Not really what a lot of fans thought was coming and not what fans hoped was coming for this squad. Yeah, and obviously it all starts with Towns playing only four games this year. Um, people don't want to hear that, and it makes sense. Like, you should not be 5-16. and 16. You should not be as non-competitive as they've been in a lot of games just because you've been without your best player. But everything they've done, everything they've set up offensively, their offensive schemes revolve around Carl Anthony Towns. Their defensive schemes revolve around Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. The roster choices they've made revolve around Carl Anthony Towns. So it's a bunch of pieces that are designed to fit around him, and then when he's not there, now you're asking this guy to do more here, this guy to do more here, and they're trying to do things that aren't in their capabilities. Um, D'Angelo Russell is not a player who can carry a team by himself um, without, you know, he, he really is more suited to be a number two scorer than a number one. Well, now he's trying to be a number one scorer, and it's not going well. Malik Beasley's been phenomenal um, this year. He's he's based, probably, probably He's been the Timberwolves best player, but he's he moves so well off the ball. That's how he gets his best shots, and when you have like a Carl Anthony Towns who gets most of the attention, it opens things up for Beasley. Towns is a pretty good passer. Um, 
can hit Beasley on cuts. Uh, they makes the actions work a lot better. Beasley coming off screens from Towns. Ricky Rubio, um, another guy who is designed. He's a playmaker who's designed to play at his best when he's playing around talented players, and he kind of accentuate their talents. Well, a lot of times he's playing now without many talented players on the court. So Rubio might be the best player on the floor, and that's not a good situation for him. Um, he's making trying to make things happen for guys who, quite frankly, aren't going to capitalize. Right. Um, and then there's just it's such a young team. It's guys who are 20, 21 years old who are a lot of their depth pieces this year. Those guys have been pushed to the forefront. The roster's been jumbled every other day. Um, but it also is fair to say that Ryan Saunders hasn't gotten the most out of this team. Um, guys have underperformed. Josh Okoge's having a really poor season for somebody who is supposed to be a key role player on this team. Uh, Jared Culver, after a strong start, has really fallen off. It's difficult because everybody's not playing in the role that they were designed to play, um, when, and that'll change when Towns comes back. But to say that it's fair to be disappointed in just about everybody on this team is absolutely true. Heavy schedule continues for the Wolves uh, tonight against OKC, tomorrow against OKC. They get Sunday off, and they're right back at it on Monday at Dallas. So three games in four days. Any chance we see Cat uh, during this weekend road trip? Yeah, you know, he's been with the team, and I would think that part of that would be that there's an opportunity. I thought that was kind of the sense is, hey, maybe by the end of this road trip. Uh, but the reality is the Timberwolves keep things very close to the vest when it comes to injuries, illnesses, um, and that is, couldn't be more true than when it's revolving around Carlton Towns. Um, so we don't really know. Um, and Juancho Hernan Gomez has been questionable in the health and safety protocols for a few games now, and it's, it's been made very clear that it's a ramp-up process, and when they think he's ready, to, physically ready to return to the court, like close to 100% um, coming off of the virus, that's what he'll do that. Um, he's questionable again today. Um, it hasn't really seemed like it's been imminent in his return. So if you wonder if Towns is going to go through a similar process or not, um, or if he maybe is in the same process right now and he just still has the out label by his name, I would say like Monday, maybe there's a chance that he could come back, um, but we don't know. Um, it's the, the reality is we don't know how he, how much he was affected by COVID, how much um, his what his body went through, um, how he's feeling now. So, I mean, I would I would say Monday at the earliest is maybe the chance that we can see it, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if not for a few games after that. Tip off at OKC at seven o'clock tonight. What do we know about this uh, rebuilt Thunder team this year? Well, they're a team that rebuilds really fast. Um, it's Shea Gildas Alexander has, when they made that Paul George trade, and you can see all the picks that Oklahoma City got, people got really excited about that because, you know, that's what people get excited about, draft picks and, and mm-hmm. the future. But I was talking to somebody, a Clippers exec back then, um, and he said, you know, the one hard thing to do, like maybe more than the picks, was giving up Shea Gildas Alexander because in his rookie year, he helped that team make the playoffs that was really a bunch of role players and he played a huge role in it. And the same was true then last year for Oklahoma city. He got to learn under Chris Paul. He got to play alongside Chris Paul and he's just blossomed into this great player who's definitely going to be an NBA all-star. I think for years to come, they've got guys who play hard around him. Um, it's, it's a, it's a young team that's playing really well. It's a team that when you see their roster and you see how well they're playing, they've got Al Horford that they brought in as a nice veteran piece who fits much better here than he did in Philadelphia. Um, it's, it's just a good mix of players who is probably overperforming much like everybody thought Oklahoma city overperformed last season. They play hard, they play well. Um, 
and they've got just a nice mix of talent. Um, it's it's going to be a problem for Minnesota. I think if Minnesota could somehow split these next two games, they should feel really good about that. Yeah, back-to-back games, OKC, 7 o'clock tonight, 7 o'clock tomorrow. You can catch Jim Bulls basketball tonight after Laker Wrestling on KDLM. Jace, thanks so much for joining us today. Stay warm this weekend, and go Wolves. Thanks, Zeke. Appreciate it. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, great stuff there from my guy, Jace Frederick. You can read his stuff in the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. If you want to go back and re-listen to that full interview, we'll have it up momentarily on our on-demand page at the all-new KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Lots going on in high school action tonight. Boys basketball, Lakers. Welcoming Pequot Lakes to the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium tonight. Other games, we got Ashby at Battle Lake, Sock Rapids, Rice, and Fergus Falls playing tonight. St. Cloud Apollo traveling to Alexandria, Norman County, East Dillon, hit it all at Ada Borup in boys basketball tonight. Bagley versus Fertile Bell Trammy. Purim traveling to Park Pelican Rapids tonight. Barnesville versus Holly. DGF traveling to Frazee and Red Lake County versus Monoman Wabin. Laker girls not in action tonight. They play tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock against the Fergus Falls Otters. A bit of a homecoming for head coach Rachel Johnson. Other games in girls basketball tonight. We've got Roseau and Park Rapids. Staples Motley traveling to Pequot Lakes, who just suffered their first season, their first loss of the season, by the way, to our Detroit Lakes Lakers. Woodin Deer Creek travels to Bertha Hewitt tonight. Sabika at Henning. New York Mills travels to Monaga in girls basketball action tonight. Osakis and Barnesville. Wheaton Herman Norcross travels to West Central Area. And Verndale plays Pillager. Laker boys hockey team back in action for the first time since Tuesday night, traveling to Pequot Lakes to take on a pretty tough Northern Lakes team on the second game of a back-to-back for Northern Lakes. They beat Prairie Center last night 11-2. They've won five straight games, and tonight they get the Lakers at 7 o'clock. Other games of local interest in boys hockey. Crookston traveling to Lake of the Woods. Pretty quiet hockey schedule tonight. Girls hockey, Lakers trying to win their fifth straight game. They're at Crookston tonight. That puck drops at 7.30. Like I mentioned before, Laker girls basketball is at Fergus Falls tomorrow. Laker wrestling on KDLM tonight, followed by Timberwolves basketball. Lakers wrestling at DGF, taking on the Rebels, and also Fargo Davies. Lakers beating this Fargo Davies squad pretty handily. Their first meet of the season, which was in Moorhead. And like we heard from from uh, Coach Rob Elliott's post game with Charlie after they beat OTC and Frazee last night, going to be a, a pretty different Fargo Davies squad than what they saw the first meet of the year back on January uh, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. Almost a a month of high school sports already. Love it. It, it. It's it's nice to have that that sense of normal of being able to run through a high school sports schedule right before the show is over on a Friday. Catch Laker Wrestling. David Kinderman on the call tonight at 5 o'clock in DGF versus the Rebels from Dillard, Glenn, and Felton and Fargo Davies. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back on Monday, 9.30, right here on the station. You can count on. We've got Kevin Fulness lined up to talk about, well, we'll find out because there's no Minnesota Wild games through at least Tuesday as they shut everything down after six players got COVID-19. Talking to Kevin Fulness next week, we've got uh, Laker Girls hockey coach Scott Pepcorn on the schedule for next week. Of course, Cal Soderquist and... Uh, Brandon Warren, going to join us to talk Twins next week as well. Find that full schedule online at kdlmradio.com. 
We're cutting into my other show. Let's uh, hit some CBS News real quick, and then Off the Record with Zeke will begin after that. You're in tune to Katie Alum, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's after 10 o'clock.